It's Tuesday the 2nd of March. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by Shane Lee. Now, Shana, you've been on the tennis court. Now, this is an eclectic group of people. Labor leader Anthony Albanese, Peter Fitzsimons, of course, former Wallaby and now journalist and book author, and Greg Brandy Alexander, the former Penrith star. Yeah, and we played on a grass court at Peter Fitzsimons' house. Beautiful court, actually. And Brandy and I got the cash. We took down the opposition leader and the former prop. So, uh, no, it was a bit of fun. It was an eclectic bunch, but uh, tennis was the winner, mate, I think. Yeah, he must be selling some books with a grass tennis court. <laughs> anyway, we've got a huge show on the way. Jaslyn Hewitt, of course, Alexi Popperin has won the Singapore Open. And so much going on in the world game. Rob Gilbert is here as well. All right, quite a bit to talk about, Shane. Let's begin with Tiger Woods because he sent out this piece on social media, really thankful of the players. They all got out there in the red and black, as we heard from Corey McKernan yesterday. It was quite a moving few lines, wasn't it? You can see the challenges that he's going through at the moment. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was quite emotional reading it, actually. Um, um, he's clearly in, in, in a bad place at the moment, but he's really moved by the support of the of the golfing world, I think at times probably in the past he's probably thought the world's against him, the golfing world's against him, and the media's against him. But this real show of support from the players, in particular the winner, you know, Colin, is it Miraquara? He, um, the lovely words that he said, we we all owe Tiger a lot. He's been a great ambassador for generations. He's inspired a lot of generations coming through. So it's a it's a nice thing, you know. Jason Day was wearing the red shirt as well. So you know, even the Aussies are getting behind it, which is great. Yeah, Colin, he won, he won the latest tournament, and uh, I thought you did a good job with his surname, Morikawa. It's 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 not always that easy. Now now, George, yeah, but boy, he can play golf. Goodness gracious me! Uh, George Bailey has come out and uh, defended. Um, Aaron Finch and he's he said any of the criticism of Aaron Finch is just white noise and he will lead the team to the World Cup well look I like George but it's it's hard to think it's just white noise Aaron who's a really good quality cricketer has not been getting runs yeah he hasn't got runs since um, he had a really bad IPL and then he's had a, a really bad big bash series and now he's not scoring runs for Australia look there's no doubt Aaron Finch is a sensational um, T20 player. He's a great one-day player. He scored you know, something like 1,700s for Australia just in uh, one-day cricket. So he's up there with the best, you know, the Mark Wars and the Gilchrist, etc. But, you know, he's, he's, he's having a really extended run now of, of, of outs. Um, and the way he's getting out is um, is very consistent. So, you know, there's obviously a lot going in his head. He's almost like he needs a, a break away from the game. But, yeah, George Bailey can't say it's white noise because – you know, your job is, as firstly, as a as a batsman, is to score runs. And if you're not scoring runs, um, your position in the team is always up for grabs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's quite a few runs being scored in the shield, mm. and also we saw that dramatic draw. Uh, that really was a was it was showing what first class cricket can be, wasn't it? It's really good to see the West Australia versus the South Australian Redbacks came down to you know, and it was just a draw, and you, you don't see. Um, cricket draws are written about much these days because there seems to be a batting collapse um, every second day. But some big, big runs being scored. And this is really, really important, I think, leading into the coming Ashes series at the end of the year. Um, you know, Alex, Alex Carey scored 100. Um, Harry Nielsen, a young South Australian guy, scored 100. Um, Cameron Green, once again, continuing his great form for West Australia with another 100. And Bancroft in the runs as well. So four guys there in the, in the one match scoring 100s. It's really, really good to see that. Look, I think that come the Ashes series, Alex Carey has to be in that test team and Cameron Green will be there. 
But, you know, it, it, you might see someone like a Cameron Bancroft um, claw his way back eventually um, into the team. It's good to see some big runs being piled on. Wouldn't that be a story and a half? And it's interesting the way the cricket has played, that the guy that got not, not out for Western Australia and hung on at the end got as many, if not more, uh, of the headlines than the guys that scored the centuries. Now, uh, Dave Warner back this week as well for New South Wales. Yep, and fingers crossed he's a Spartan ambassador. So I know the boys at Spartan Sports are hoping he's going to score some big runs. They've been right behind him. Um, it's always tough, and we said this at the start when he – um, did get the groin injury. It would take him a while to come back. Now, you can't expect someone who's just coming back for the first time to go in and, and score runs, but he's a tough little bugger. Uh, we know that, and um, he'll be hungry to score some runs because this could be his last Ashes series coming up, I think, and uh, he'll want to get a lot of runs leading into it and then uh, have a big um, Ashes series here in Australia. Yeah, huge series ahead, and the summer does seem a long way away, but it's something to really look forward to. Uh, and uh, look, we're going to talk about tennis next because we've had an Australian winner overseas, Alexi Popperin. Jaslyn will be here to break it all down. Let's talk tennis, and uh, yes, a very exciting day. Australia's Alexi Popperin. Uh, Jaslyn Hewitt, how are you? I'm great, guys. How are you? Do we have a new star in our hands here, Jazz? Definitely not a new star. He's been a star <laughs> in the making for a long, long time. So, uh, yeah, he, he came through the uh, National Academy here in New South Wales and a few of our coaches have worked with him and I was lucky enough to assist him over in Japan in Osaka at some of the junior events there. So mm-hmm. he's definitely been on the rise for a long time. But uh, given his stature, um, growing into his game and into his body definitely takes uh, a little bit more time than those uh solid ground strokers from the baseline. Now, for those that don't know who we're talking about, Alexi Popperin has won his maiden ATP title. He's beaten Kazakhstan's Alexander Bublik at the Singapore Open in three sets. Tell us, uh, tell us about the win, and then we'll start stitching apart who this guy is. Yeah, so it was an amazing week for Alexi. I mean, he had a he had a really tough semi final against Marin Silic. He able to, he was able to get through that one seven six seven six, and that's where someone with the uh, the serve that Alexi has and the the first ball ball strike that he can play, it, it's really surviving until a uh, tiebreaker, and then that's when uh, you see those big servers really come out and show show what they're made of. Uh, in the final, he unfortunately lost the first set, but uh, had some really gutsy, gutsy effort and fight there from him to take the second and third set, six love, six two. Speaking of his serve, it is it is amazing and it's one of his major weapons. He won ninety four percent of his first serves. So looking yeah. at that, that that's unreal stat there just in itself. And then with his second serves, he won eighty one percent of second serves. So in that Bublek final, his serve was obviously on fire, um, going really after the second serve as well, and that's where those big servers can actually play the, the games that suits them, that they'll actually go for a big first serve as a second serve because they know that they're winning uh, the majority of the points when they do get their serves in. How, how tall is he, Jazz? Is he quite tall? Yeah, he's about six foot three. Um, okay. He's always been tall and skinny. And um, that's where the taller athletes take a little bit more time to develop and grow into their body. Um, yeah. He's the same age as Alex. Um, so it was really good competition for those two growing up together um, and traveling together. 
together in the Junior Davis Cup teams um, representing Australia. And he's also represented uh, Australia in the Davis Cup team with Leighton on the bench with him in Adelaide the other year. So he, he is uh, finally making his mark in the seniors. Um, he did win the French Open juniors in 2017. So this is why we, we know he's been around. He's been on the cards. He just hasn't had that um yeah, big ATP tournament win. Well, with that comes money. With that comes liberation, basically. Tell us a little bit about that. What 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 a win, what his maiden ATP win means. Yeah, it, means, it definitely means a lot. He's always had his mum, Alina, travelling with him um, and his brother, uh, Anthony Popperin. Um, it's a really good sporting tennis family and they've got a younger sister as well, Sophia. So um, oh, okay. the expenses, yeah, the expenses for all um, three siblings to be playing playing and traveling the world. His mum, Alina, is their backbone. She's always been the driving force. Um, he does train at Moritoglu Academy and has been based out of uh, Nice there for the last two two or three years. Um, but I think um, Alina has done an amazing job with with the kids and especially with Alexi. And you'll, you'll be able to see her in his box every time he's playing. And what does it, what does it mean? What does the ATP win mean, This this his first one? Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess everything for him is he's wanted to be uh, a great a great role model in Australian tennis and and it's definitely going to put him in good stead. His uh, career high ranking now is eighty two in the world, um, so he's starting to get up there. by By having this win, he's now going to make the main draw of Roland Garros, which will be starting in May. So it does set him up for the future. And again, those big uh, pay packets in all the Grand Slams moving forward, it's mm. going to set him up for um, especially these COVID times in the events that he can't necessarily. Um, um, those plays outside of 100, 150, it's it's sometimes hard to know if you're going to get in the tournament or not, whereas now he's going to be confirmed entries into these events. What's his preferred surface? Um, you mentioned a couple of times about the French Open and that sort of stuff. Is he is he good on clay, is he? Yeah, typically for a big guy. Um, I would say clay is definitely one of his favourite surfaces, even though I always feel that his game is more suited to the quicker hard courts. It'll be interesting at the end of the year at US Open how he does come out there. Um, I guess I guess the result wasn't um, unseen or um, complete surprise, just given how he played at the Aussie Open. He beat uh, James Golfin there in the first mm. uh, round, the number thirteen in the world, in five sets. Um, but unfortunately, he couldn't back it up a couple of days later against Lloyd Harris and lost that in five sets. And this is where those young players, and still only the age of 21, trying to physically be uh, stronger and uh, serve and first ball for those big, big guys. They're just, they're still skinny string beans out there. So he needs a little bit more body weight behind him. He needs a little bit more um, strength. And then he'll be able to recover and back up each match time and time again. But he's getting there and he's filling out. and. and and his movement's getting a lot better on the court. Um, no, it'll be uh, very exciting to see how he goes in Roland Garros, given especially now he's been training over in France for the last couple of years. Happy to lend him a few kilos if he needs fattening <laughs> up, that's for sure. But uh, this is one of the questions that a lot of Australians wonder about when we see a young tennis player, particularly a young male tennis player, do well in this country, maybe because of the recent history easy a good bloke he is a fantastic kid um no he's always respectful on the court he's um amazing he's the whole family is uh yeah down to earth uh doing what's right for alexi and anthony and sophia with their tennis um 
I cannot speak highly enough of them as a family and how supportive they are of of Alexi and how Alexi actually is uh, always looking for that coach's feedback when when he was on the road and would love that uh, he had any Australians out there supporting him. So, no, he's a great guy. He sounds good. Um, now, just um, on another matter, is Nick still carrying on with his relationship? What's going on there? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. What's happening? Because he got all the great publicity, didn't he? And, he, and he's done well. He played yeah. well. He lost in a, a gripping five-setter. And then we've watched this melodrama, this sort of days of our lives unwind. Yeah, so social media has gone quiet, I believe. So I haven't been able to keep up to date with, with the saga, but uh, stay tuned on the Instagram counts for uh, the next, next episode. He must love a little bit of drama in his life. Uh, look, Jaslyn, we do look like we've got a, a star on the rise here in Alexi Popper, and he showed those signs at the Australian Open to go out and win the uh, the Singapore Open. I know that you're personally uh, very proud of him, and 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 having worked with someone just fi- just finalising our discussion, that that must be uh, really worthwhile to you as a coach because you spent a lot of time uh, helping bring this generation and and and. Uh, through as as players, yeah, my re- my relationship with him was uh, more so of a support coach on the road for a couple of events. So definitely can't take any credit. But um, no, I know a lot of a lot of the coaches within our program. Ben Pine's done a lot of hours with um, Alexi and Alex Diminar um, and Jordan Thompson, and it, it's amazing to see these guys come through. But also what true characters and uh, what gentlemen they actually are. Um, those three guys we could not be any more proud of coming through um, our academy system here in uh, New South Wales. So it's it's great to see them doing really well on court, but it's even better to see uh, what young men they're turning into. It's lovely to hear um, the, uh, the phrase Australian male tennis player and gentleman in the same sentence. So it's very, very good to hear. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of great yeah, players no. and men out there. It's just uh, they – Media doesn't always like to show the uh, positive of things and it doesn't always grab the headlines. So, no, it's great yeah. great that his uh, racket's doing the talking and uh, he's getting the headlines now. Yeah, it tends to be if someone's got a hotted up car hooning around the Gold Coast, they may, get, they may get a few of the front page and the back page. But, Jazzy, a good news story today and uh, always good to talk. Thanks, guys. Bye. So much going on in the world game, both here and overseas. Our editor-at-large, Rob Gilbert, will be in the house next. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com Alrighty, let's get to our man with the world game, Rob Gilbert. How are you? G'day, Timmy. G'day, Shane. How are you, boys? G'day, Rob, mate. Let's start with the APL. Uh, a little bit of drama with the Man U Chelsea draw. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was another VAR issue where the Manchester United Chelsea game was on a knife edge early. Callum Hudson Odoi clearly touches the ball in mm. the penalty area. The referee goes to look at the, the review and it judges it not a handball, but you can see on the vision, on still shots, etc., that uh, it's clearly a handball. So that win could end up proving critical because uh, Manchester City are just romping away at the top of the lead, 12-point margin from United. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was blowing up saying uh, it was a, a clear handball, which it was. And a guy like him, who is normally fairly understated to come out and be as clear in uh, his assessment of the whole situation, puts the VA 
they are again in in the spotlight. Mm. It's been an issue uh, for the last two years since it was introduced into the Premier League. Uh, and the interesting thing is that anyone who watched the the World Cup in Russia a couple of years back, mm. it was universally praised. So the, the confusion here is that that VAR is consistently deciding games uh, mm. with poor decisions, referees under pressure, both on the pitch and at Stockley Park, where the uh, uh, the uh, the so-called bunker is uh, for the Premier League. So, yeah, not another good look for the Premier League. A few other interesting results, Rob. Uh, the Gunners over Leicester. Tottenham absolutely flogged Burnley 4-0. Yeah, so um, the Arsenal result over Leicester was an unexpected one. Uh, Leicester led early in that game and uh, and it was at home at the, the King Power Stadium. It looked like uh, you know, on the, the latter positions that uh, Arsenal have been notoriously uh, flaky when it comes to their defence. But of all people, David Luiz, who is uh, one of the most uh, notorious of the lot, gets on the end of a header uh, just before half time, and then Andre Lacazette, uh, Alexander Lacazette, I should say, uh, scores a, a penalty uh, just before half time. They go 2 1 up. So it's a great result for Mikel Arteta, uh, who was one of the most under pressure managers earlier on in the season. And then uh, you've got other results, as you, you said, Timmy, like Tottenham um, beating Burnley 4 0. That was a, a fantastic result, not just for Tottenham to stay in contention for the Premier League uh, top four positions. Uh, really Really out of um, contention for for uh, uh, for winning the league, but for Gareth Bale to uh, to start to recapture some of his magic. I mean, he scored goals since he's returned to Spurs, but uh, but not against uh, uh, Premier League sides. Now Burnley, you know, they are uh, not one of the, the the top sides at the moment, but they're a consistent and competitive team uh, when they're on their day. And and some of the uh, the skills that we saw Bale uh, showcase for those two goals were the Gareth Bale. Rob, um, the the landscape of sports rights seems to be changing by the day across a number of sports. Um, There's a new player coming into play now with the uh, EPL, I believe. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so Sports Flick is their name, um, and uh, they've gazumped um, Optus Sports by uh, winning the Champions League rights. Uh, apparently, bidding uh, up to sixty million dollars over three years wow. to win the league. Uh, Dylan as a party is the name of the the founder of this uh, this startup. They've only been around a couple of years. He's approximately. 27 years old. He worked for his dad's building company. And uh, and if you, you read some of the press that, uh, um, that's been published in the last uh, week or so, uh, he says he just got bored working with his dad's company and uh, and and started this this concept up. One of the uh, the sports that he signed up was the Serbian Rugby League, which he says uh, Serbian Rugby League fans in Australia are following. Uh, so uh, he's, um, he's an eclectic uh, kind of mix of, of sport but when you pay $60 million and you can beat out Optus Sports for a rights deal, then people sit up and take notice. So Sports Flick's the name. Um, mm. It is interesting, though, as you say, Shane, the local landscape, international landscape, continues to be disrupted with so many different platforms yeah. that, uh, you know, it wasn't six months ago that the A-League was on the outer. Uh, Fox Sports cut their um, their rights deal by about 50% and they looked like they were almost going to have to start their own platform up. But mm. uh, 
But now with, uh, you know, the likes of Sports Flick, with Stan Sports, uh, KO, obviously, Amazon, you know, they might be one of the, the sports that uh, that starts to become attractive to these uh, platforms. Yeah, and look, at it, it's been really good football, hasn't it? Like, we've seen a lot of young guys come through. It's it's wobbled around because of border closures, but we've seen uh, some good football. And, and the A-League is is at a bit of a fork in the road, isn't it? Yeah, look, it sure is. Look, I'd encourage anyone who's interested in the A-League to jump online, the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, um, Vince Rigari wrote an article a couple of days ago. The headline was, The A-League has rediscovered its mojo. Can it make Australia care again? So uh, a great article. Vince is one of the, uh, you know, the foremost voices in Australian football, covers the A-League in depth. Um, so the, the tenor of his article was pretty much that the entertainment value of the A-League's returned. And uh, a lot of people like me who follow the A-League very closely were obviously very concerned when Fox cut the deal with the A-League mm. uh, that um, that a lot of players, uh, Adam LaFondra, a good example from Sydney FC, went to the uh, Indian Super League. We've discussed that in the past. But what it's actually done is it's given uh, opportunities to to young Australian talent to, to emerge. And uh, yeah, there's still plenty of, of international flavour throughout the, the competition. But the the, uh, the young Australian players that would have otherwise not had opportunities are, are getting uh, their chances. So, you know, lots of goals scored. If you anyone was watching on Saturday night, the uh, the Melbourne victory, Western United uh, yeah, match. Yeah, it was a brilliant game. 4-3. Uh, United were down uh, to 10 men towards the end and the combination between the uh, the Italian veteran Alessandro Diamonti and, uh, you know, the journeymen of, uh, of Brisbane Raw, Melbourne victory and now Western United, Bessart Barisha uh, uh, combined to to score the, the winner with just uh, you know seconds on the clock. Yeah, and, and, and they all went off. And hey, even the five uh, the five goals scored at Bank West, I went, took all the kids out to watch the Wanderers play Adelaide and we weren't happy with the result but again you see a lot of goals scored. Yeah that's right and 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 for kids uh, uh, that's what they want to see I mean uh, these are rugby league fans AFL fans, rugby union, netball basketball, mm. you name it. These are generally high scoring games and uh, and they don't necessarily get the nuance of the tension that's built up in a game of, uh, of football soccer uh, but uh, they do get goals scored and they do get the excitement and, uh, and they don't mind, I mean I know on the one hand at the beginning of this chat I was talking about the downside of VAR, these kids have, have been uh, brought up on video replay. So it's not a big deal for them to see uh, a, a video review and uh, and they kind of like it. So uh, it's it's interesting. Lots of goals scored. And uh, yeah, so um, is this the, the turning point for the A-League? Do they get a new deal with uh, one of these new platforms? Uh, well, we'll wait and see, but uh, they're in a far better position than they were uh, six months ago. Well, why do you think they're scoring so many goals in the A-League at the moment? Is it is it is it poor defence or is it greater Attacking. What's the story? What are your thoughts? I think there's a combination of a few different things, and and those two points you make are, uh, are good examples. I think uh, you know leaky defence um, is uh, is a common thread, uh, but um, the uh, you know the the attacking style of some of the coaches is one of the points that I would make that that they're actually going for wins. And uh, yeah. and Western United, Mark Rudan, he's one of the uh, the most um, attacking coaches in the game in this country. Uh, when they were down to ten men, you would have thought against victory. 
that he would shut up shop and uh, and just consolidate the draw. But no, they went for it, one man down, and uh, and and they got the result. So it, it's it's a trend that tends to get set by by coaches who who uh, you know they get one or two results and others follow. Yeah, and Mark ran onto the field like he was still playing. He was <laughs> he was pretty happy about it. Look, Rob, we're going to dig uh, deeper into AFL and some of the teams that are under pressure over the next few weeks because it's really starting to ramp up. The quality of the AFLW just extraordinary. We went into depth with that with Corey McKernan uh, in yesterday's show. But thanks for that, buddy. We will catch up next week. Absolutely, Timmy. See you, Shane. Thanks, boys. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Jaslyn Hewitt and Rob Gilbert. And, of course, Dave Warner returning. He's a Spartan ambassador and Spartan. They're great sponsors of ours. Uh, very good sponsors, mate. www.spartansportshq.com And our producer, the wonderful Dan McHugh. Thank you. See you tomorrow, guys. We'll see you then, guys.